welcome back to Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Ryan. That's Matt. Hey, Matt, we're loyal like brothers, just us versus all the others. You're the one for, you're the one for me. Ryan, heart is on the floor. Why don't you step on it? When I think of all the things you've done, heart is on the floor. Why don't you step on it when I think of all the things you've done? That's, we, we've hit the two sides of the emo coin of bromance and bro trail. Uh, and, that's, and that's what we're hitting as we continue through 1999. Uh, we have not one, but two seminal emo albums of the year. Uh, my lyric was from Something to Write Home About, uh, the second studio album by the Get Up Kids. Um, and Matt's is from Through Being Cool, the second studio album from saves the day. Uh, and so these are both, um, really kind of, uh, these are personal favorite albums of mine, uh, from a right around this era, right? We've kind of talked about, um, right. If Santana was what I was listening to, definitely in 1999, uh, (laughs) saves the day and get up kids were what I was listening to about a year later. Uh, once I, um, set off from Pennsylvania to, to college, uh, and these kind of formed the soundtrack of that year for me. And we're part of this cresting cresting wave of what is called the second wave of emo, right? So kind of between it's the emo taint um, between the uh, the kind of um, the earliest pieces of the genre with its roots in the pre Fugazi bands like Rites of Spring and um, and Embrace, which were DC bands uh, and had members of Fugazi in them in the '80s, um, and through to a number of kind of Midwestern and East Coast roots uh, throughout the early '90s, um, and then. And this is kind of bubbling up um, both very, very kind of firmly underground at this point, but kind of is a bridge to then the kind of poppier emo explosion um, that would happen um, early in the 2000s with bands like My Chemical Romance um, and especially Fall Out Boy and uh, and and um, oh, what's the other one? Panic at the Disco um, crossing over to a more popular uh, um uh, audience. So this is an emo inflection point. And we've we've done a number of, of things that are kind of emo inspired or emo and adjacent, um, both in contemporary and historical music. But this is our first uh, dip into the kiddie pool of emo. And and we we may never go back. This may become an all emo podcast uh, as I get sucked in to the uh, past the event horizon of of angsty nostalgia uh, back into uh, my my late teens and early twenties, um, when this is what I was, uh, listening to. Um, so, so Matt, how did, uh, how did saves the day and the get up kids, uh, strike you? How were, were these new albums to you? Uh, they were, yeah, absolutely new. And, and I thought I knew emo from the kind of some of the later, the, the mid nineties stuff that you introduced me to after we knew each other, um, you know, before the 90s you or, or kind of mid Sorry, sorry, the mid, sorry, the mid 2000s stuff when we knew each other. Uh, we didn't know each other in the nineties. It was just, it was, it was a, it was a bromance waiting to happen. And, um, yeah. And, and, uh, so I was ready to go listen to like a couple of something corporate albums, you know? And like this was like, I really, I really could have used that this week, you fucker. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, so I've just been like not exactly. I've just been a little like uh, low energy for the last, like a little under the weather. It's been like mid sixties and drizzling lightly here in California. That's, yeah, that's rough, man. In, in Southern California, so uh, I really needed that that comforting uh, that comforting wine. And instead, I got something that was uh, you know closer closer to the the Ramones than it was to. Constantine coming down the stair and looking so good standing there in her underwear. Uh, And that like... um you know, I don't know. It just filled me, Ryan. It filled me with this unspeakable rage and, uh, and a desire that, that to, to, to uh, both bond myself to you forever and to never <laughs> stop hurting you no matter what I, no matter what I did. And I swear those two things, uh, to you that I will, uh, I will always be, I will always be there for you and that the, uh, the content of our relationship will be nothing but, uh, unmitigated suffering from now until the end of time. 
Well, it is interesting. I mean, I think in that way, then, you're, you know, you're reacting strongly to saves the day. Right. Which is and, you know, these it are was more. Well, it was they, more. But you know what? Like get up kids uh, had especially like th- they kind of start with a bang like holiday is yeah. not, you know, they, it, and it's true that they are the kind of the mellower of the two albums. If you had to like yeah. stack stack rank them. But totally. but I wouldn't call it f- like folky by any, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. by any like uh, in in the way that like later. I don't know a, a death cab or something like that. Maybe right. had has moments of that kind of like mellow acoustic. Has has like or dashboard, right? Yeah, is that yeah dash, the, the dashboard kind of is really think of. Yeah, exactly. That's per that's that's perfect. They have some Counting Crows in their DNA, and and this yeah. does not have any Counting Crows uh, yeah. in its DNA. Well, it's interesting. It's like I think that then I mean this is an amazing kind of. This is like discussing a a TV serialized TV show to, with someone who is not like you know doesn't know the spoilers because like you have to keep watching man like you really have to you have to really wait for season four of the Get Up Kids because I you know there isn't any crow in the DNA but it gets grafted on <laughs> um, <laughs> and so that uh, you know both the later um, the, the 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 next couple of Get Up Kids albums especially take a turn in that direction um and even saves the day does as well i mean in part because um you know that this is a direction that emo um went in after the ascendancy of of dashboard but um yeah, uh, I, I think that even here, and we didn't like cover kind of all of this, but actually the same year as th- through being cool, um, uh, saves the day put out an EP called "I'm Sorry I'm Leaving," um, and it's it's worth checking out. It's not on, on any of the streaming services, but you can find the uh, full album, the full EP rip on um, on YouTube, and it's an all acoustic EP that is absolutely a prototype for the sound of Dashboard. And I actually remember when I first heard. Uh, get get ready, for, buckle in. Uh, I remember when I first heard Dashboard in the fall of 2000 in a small coffee shop in New Haven, Connecticut. Wow, wait, which one? Which which one? It was uh, Coffee Two. It was oh uh, yeah the, on Audubon, is, which is uh, no, that was Coffee. That was Coffee was uh, on Audubon. Coffee Two was on York, uh, which is now I believe Blue State Coffee. Um, it's gone through a few permutations, but it was the Coffee uh, on York, which I uh, had. A complicated ownership structure and relationship with coffee on Audubon, uh, but yeah, and I remembered, um, I remembered uh, hearing this, and 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 uh, it's like this sounds a lot like the acoustic saves the day album. Um, and I went up to the barista and said, "Excuse me, barista, <laughs> who who is this?" And they said, "Oh, it's Dashboard Confessional." And I was thrilled because I actually had um, tickets to see Dashboard Confessional as the opening act um, in New York City for um, for a double headline bill that included uh, a band called uh, the New Amsterdam's, which was the solo kind of folky acoustic project of um, Matt Pryor, one of the singers of the Get Up Kids, right? So that this, even around this time, the folky leanings were there. Um, but you're right that it's it's not there. Um, and, 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 and I think that that's what puts this at an interesting point. And even though they are, but I think that there are both kind of similarities and differences, right? It's a good contrast and compare um, because I think that you know the get up kids are and, and i think it's an interesting um exploration in micro generation because the get up kids are about two to three years older than the guys in saves the day right and and you just have just like a slightly bit uh more maturity in terms of both the ways in which their um sonic antecedents are not just kind of you know pop punk and emo but also a little bit of the cars and a little bit of elvis costello yeah. um and, and right kind of that they kind of are a bridge right right over to death cab right and to kind of um the indie pop that was adjacent to emo um Whereas saves the day are a couple um, years uh, younger, um, and they're they're like uh, I think they're like born in most of those guys are born in eighty eighty one, um, so they're kind of right between you and me, and so a little younger than the Get Up Kids guys, um, and and you just hear like a little more of that kind of high schoolishness, right? It's like it's really those like kind of concerns at that time, and they're all at an age where those differences matter, right? Because the late you know the 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 kind of early the the late teens like you know the 18 to 19 guys have these very kind of 
very, very young person problems of like, I mean, right. The cover of the saves a day album is sitting at the high school party. It looks like something out of um, American pie or number one, another one of these nineties teen dramas. And they also, um, they look, they look 17, right? They yeah. Look they look like, so you know, young. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they look younger than they really are. Right. And it's kind of played up. Um, and, and so, and, and so they have that younger look and, and a much kind of a, a sound that's a bit closer to hardcore um, and uh, and pop punk, and I think they were they were actually on a hardcore punk uh, label, Equal Vision, right? And so they actually toured with uh, with hardcore bands, even though they were on the melodic side of that. Um, and 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 then like as um, Saves the Day was East Coast kind of New Jersey and kind of plugged in to a number of kind of pieces of of, of East Coast um, hardcore and, and pop punk, and um, the Get Up Kids were Midwestern, right? And and so we're a little more adjacent to um, some other bands out of the Midwest that were got lumped in with emo, but also had slightly broader sonic um, connections. Bands like The Anniversary um, and then Mates of State, who would come along a bit later, um, tread similar territory, even though they w- like would ultimately felt fall on the line of being called indie uh, rather than emo, right? Because an emo is something that no one wanted to be called at the time. Uh, and so, and, and yet, um, you know, these were two albums that somehow got right before there was an algorithm saying, if you like this, <laughs> you'll like this. I had friends who had the t-shirts of both of the bands and who were going to um, these shows. Uh, and I, I was not allowed to go, but these were things that were listened to, um, on car rides, um, on, you know, you know, burned cassettes or ripped cassettes, uh, in car rides around Lancaster, kind of both in that kind of senior year of high school and kind of summers back summers and spring breaks back from college for those first couple of years. Um, and, and they were, um, they were, they were definitely things to listen to together, even in spite of their differences, they were, they were linked somehow by a sense that this was a thing that was happening. Mm. Well, I, man, that's, uh, I, I feel like, <laughs> Like we're in we're in a situation like with me talking about Tori Amos or something where where like my job in this is just to bear witness for what you have to go through in this. And so I just want no, to you're say you're part of this too, Matt. You're part of this too. We are loyal like brothers. I I wanna it's say awesome. I'm 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 here for you, bro. I'm here for you. Yeah. What, uh, what's the uh, the line from the Get Up Kids? Uh, Don't worry, I'll catch you. Right? <laughs> yeah. In the great emo trust fall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh exactly. had duty i was just basking in the glow of emo um so if you've not um if if you either what, what should um, people do manage- what should people do while they listen to this uh while they go listen to this record Wait, um, you know, uh, get a time machine and be 17 because that's the, uh, like, especially for saves the day, the only like be 17 in 1999. And then you won't have to worry about like the kind of politics and violence and misogyny. Um, no, I think, um, it, because it's, it's, there's a lot of unpleasantness on saves the day. Uh, and it kind of, uh, presages a little bit of what would get, uh, tagged on the later wave of, of, of emo. Um, so I think the get up kids album is a legit good, like exercise kind of running album. It's got, it, it, it's, it's up tempo, but as a, a number of songs that are at a kind of steady clip. Um, and so it kind of is, is really good for that. Saves the day. Uh, is actually really kind of good showering music. <laughs> um, it's it's really good if you have a speaker, you have a Bluetooth speaker that you put in your uh, bathroom or maybe a Sonos or something like that. Uh, put it on and and take a shower and, and scrub yourself vigorously. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it's like it's like a, a, a frothy mosh pit. Uh, and so I think those are some of my use cases. I don't know. Did you have any use cases for uh, for either of these? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I. Um... Like if you resent your job, even as a as a you know person approaching middle age, I've been listening to these at work, and I just find I just find they don't necessarily, especially especially um, saves the day. When we do the 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 double albums, the first album always gets unfairly favored in the playthrough because that's what goes first on my playlist. 
Yeah. You yeah. know? And so uh, when you start that, you always start the playlist because, you know, it's never like I remember, I remember where I was. And so unless I like am in the same Spotify session on my phone or something like that, and I can just keep looping, uh, I, I always start and it's, it's always, you know, it's given me a real kind of aggressive streak in my, uh, it's so interesting. You know, uh, and just, you know, really attacking that, that computer keyboard, really typing, really, really just making the keyboard feel my typing, you know? It, it is interesting because I, I actually, on this playthrough, I think I put the Get Up Kids first in my, in, in that sequence. And interesting. It, it creates a very different kind of more mellow entrance into this. Um, I mean, in part because I think, it's interesting when listening to the get up kids album, I realized how much I knew all of these songs. Um, but I even, I feel like I less listened to, to this one a little less than the previous get up kids album and certainly a lot less than saves the day. So I felt like that was the one I needed to bone up on more. Whereas like saves the day is just kind of weirdly automatic, um, for, for me. Um, and so I, I, I kind of did a lot more listening to, um, the get up kids and it was a lot more, um, I don't know. It was, it was really, again, I was kind of, uh, a remembered how much I actually had liked this album um, at the time um, and shortly thereafter. And then um, and also was really taken by the kind of complexity and kind of um, and, and how it's it, it kind of holds up um, a little better than the Saves the Day album. Um, but put them both on. Um, revisit them if this was your music uh, as a youth. Um, check them out if you were are either too young to have uh, experienced it um, or or somehow we're somehow inoculated against the, against the emo contagion uh, and meet us back here to jump in to both through being cool and something to write home about after this word from our commercial sponsors. Do you need to send an apology for taking things too seriously? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've offended a lot of people. I believe that you have. Well, for all of life's messages, turn to Hallmark. <laughs> Well, what do I do? Does it do I do I write something or do I just send this card thing with a with with this little um, sad puppy on it that says I'm sorry? <laughs> I just wanted to pause to say I'm sorry. That's a that's a good one. Well, you go. Now, if you make a bad pun, do you have to then send another another apology note? <laughs> we have cards for that. Too. It said, I should be punished. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, I think I, I'll, I'll take all of your cards. If you need a punception, come to Hallmark. You can write your own message or use any of our pre-written verse cards with the, 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 the most pleasant emo poems that you've ever seen. For when you need to send an apology, a goodbye card, a valentine, or anything else, turn to Hallmark to express your emotions, because when you do, they just come out as a strangled whale. Wow. I, you know, I, I love those leaves. I wish the orange stayed forever. And we're back. <laughs> uh, Ryan, I have a question. Go for it. Do- uh, I, I am. I, I feel like this is a question I am well situated to answer, which is uh, famous last words on this podcast. <laughs> are, are these, are these guys for real? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> these guys, uh, I, I will say that the realness of these guys, in, in, the, in the case of the realness of these guys, uh, the answer is a qualified yes. Because <laughs> um, these guys, these guys, um, they're guys. They're really guys. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and they're, they're, uh, and, and yet, they're part of what makes their the the realness of their guyishness <laughs> is <laughs> is their need to assert that realness right and a sense uh, of of real guy imposter syndrome <laughs> um and that uh and and that there is a lot of uh bro bro anxiety of bro fluence um kind of throughout these uh and it's and it's bro fluence of um predecessor bands uh and of of kind of social bro fluence um 
And so that there is a lot of just fixation about on on kind of right this this kind of it, it is a masterclass in homosociality right and i think in both albums um and um you know i come back to you know it's it's a bit more on the nose um in saves the day right and about the kind of you know the um i think about the um oh, the, the the song i was just quoting um about the orange stayed forever right which is one of these kind of classic uh emo and it, it exists in hardcore a little bit too of these songs the uh the betrayal songs um i think that's what that's uh i want to say that's my sweet fracture right mm-hmm. that's the one with the uh, the orange stayed forever um yeah that's the um that's the could you tell me the next time you're choking i'll run right over to shove some dirt right down your throat it's nothing i have against you you're just a creep and you can't remember the last five years right um keep going keep going don't stop it's so good keep going what's what's a bond if it dissolves in water i took a piss that longer lasted longer than you and your manipulations called my mom last night she said sweetie you don't need someone who's more fleeting than fall don't you love those leaves? Don't you wish the orange stayed forever? And Cricket sang in the night all through winter. Yeah. Um, and I thought, slow down. Think of all the times this jerk has fucked you up and left you down. And then, hey, I choose my company by the beating of their hearts, not the swelling of their heads. No. Uh, right. And so the, this is kind of a, a, a centerpiece. Uh, uh, right. Right. I have another question. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are these songs about boys or girls? The answer is a qualified yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean the 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 bromance and the and the romance. It's I don't know. It's funny. It's it's like a uh, it's a um, it's a hatred of equals. You know that like there's a thing there's a thing about about disdain where you kind of have to you kind of have to disdain someone who is like you. You know, yeah. like yeah. the, and, and it's a weird, uh, you know, it's a weird thing and you, you can be really angry. You can be full of rage and even kind of vengeance towards someone who is not like you, but, but something about, you know, something about disdain, you, there has to be a kind of recognition, uh, in it. I don't know. I feel like I've, I've, I've kind of st- like, like in a cartoon wandered out over the cliff without a, a support uh, below me. And the second I look down, I'll start falling. But like, I feel like conceptually there is an, there is something like there, there is something to kind of recognition of the other in the like, uh, in the kind of the massively complicated uh, way that the the kind of psychological defenses and of offenses, you know, the best psychological defense is a good psychological offense, and that like, uh, and that the way that like projection and displacement and things like that work in in some of these relationships where th- there is a little more. Um, uh, there is a little more like evidence to me that this is a this is a whale of brotrail rather than a whale of like uh, being cheated on in a romance or something like that. Th- this one is. I yeah. mean, I think that but th- there are just kind of it's a kaleidoscope of of like love triangles, I think. Um, uh, and I think that these are more uh, bro oriented or I guess bro oriented um, because of the language of um, at least in um, My Sweet Fracture of the of the, the language of the jerk. Right. Um, and, and that's like a loyal. Right. This language is around this kind of idea of loyalty and disloyalty. Um, and I think, again, that's where that connects to the get up kids. Right. Whereas like the flip side of that um which uh or at least expresses i think a statement of what is is missing by the time you get to the saves the day song right which is on the song red letter day which is what i quoted at the beginning right which is the um we're loyal like brothers just like uh, just us versus all the others right which is is a very kind of the bro loyalty idea but then the the i think it takes this turn right in that song of you're the one for you're the one for me, which is, is is sounds like a very kind of romantic sentiment, right? Um, and so it's it's a very interesting, um, it's very very interesting, uh, and and even that song also kind of sets up 
kind of betrayal, um, uh, even within kind of this sense of this kind of loyal brother like relationship, right? That, that on that song it kind of sets up um, that uh, an absence, right? You've got some nerve I never knew. Um, what with the world we gave away in front of you. Um, uh, I see it all much clearer now. You're just a phase I've gotten over anyhow. Right? So these are very similar, right? These are all songs about like friends going, like kind of growing past each other. Right. Um, later on, right. Red letter day that I learned, I'm sure you'll get what you deserve. I see it all much clearer since far past the point of this. Um, and later on, I trusted misleading promises worth repeating. How could you do this to me? Um, or how could you do this? How could you do this to me? Right. Um, and so I think that that is a thread that connects both of these. And I think there are other connections through to romantic relationships. Um, but that that they're um that they are i i do feel like the bro relationships um are still kind of central right and um and and kind of defining a lot about the um the psychology and i think the idea of disdain is really interesting right because yeah. that's the yeah. yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, sure. And it's also it's sort of developmentally appropriate for these for these kids who look like they're 17, right? Because they're still struggling to kind of define themselves socially, right? Before they're kind of de- trying to define themselves uh relationally like with a with a partner, you know what I mean? It's more right. it's more like where do I fit into the organism and uh, and society, right? Like I, I remember I re- I feel like I used the word society more as a teenager than at any other point in my life. Uh to the point that it it was like immediately a cliche to say society in a way right. that it is that it isn't anymore you know and uh um you know and and uh i don't know like it, it actually probably uh be, it became like a uh uh, became a keyword, right? That that like managed to skirt around a, a certain a certain amount of a certain amount of thought. But like I'm I'm kind of still stuck in my street sweet fracture a little bit, and like trying to imagine like usually usually in a in a an angry song about the breakup of a relationship, it's infidelity, right? Right. That, that like right. has broken up the relationship because these things are are you know presumed to be exclusive at least. I think the kind of the average expectable right. uh, right. thing is that they're presumed to be exclusive. What, you know, what is the bro fraction, right? That, that causes, that causes the fracture, you know, what is the, what is the, the law uh, that, that got transgressed against that makes this, um, you know, uh, that, that sort of leads to this sort of bad taste and, and this like, uh, this disdain for the other person. I think there's some evidence in the first, uh, in the first couple lines where it's like, you're a creep and you can't remember the last yeah. five years yep. since we met in seventh grade, dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of crazy. You right? moved here from that. out of town and I was the only one who was nice to you. And now you're popular and going to good parties. Yeah, it's definitely that that, that like logic. Well, and I guess it is like it also is does situate this as being kind of a another way of thinking about it is it's either a like kind of high school leaving for college um, sentiment. Um, And I mean, actually we had this, right. I mean, part of why I think I listened to this album a lot is that I absolutely had this in my circle of friends. I mean, it's, it's it's almost exactly what you said in your sarcastic voice, right. Uh, Like uh, led me to uh, uh, listen to this and feel this very um, uh, sincerely, right. Because people grow apart, right. As you, um, especially in certain kinds of scenes that are not, um, you know, the popular scenes, there's a sense of, of unity there, right. A unity, uh, an outcast unity. And, um, I think what, um, is happening in these songs or is implied. And at least certainly what happened autobiographically was certain sets, right. That there was a, a cool kids prisoners dilemma, right. Uh, <laughs> um, and in which some of, our, uh, a subset of our, um, friend group, um, was able to defect from, uh, from our stable, um, outsiders equilibrium. Yeah. From the, from uh, the, and, uh, from the academic decathlon team. <laughs> uh, quiz bowl thank oh, you very uh, much so- and- oh ooh. 
<laughs> yeah, but yeah, you got it. Yeah, exactly. I, I uh, mean, I, I heard the model UN kids fucked. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, That's and, why they liked they liked going to their things. They could say things in all kinds of languages. I mean, you know, like this is this is this is both funny and extremely triggering. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and like this is like i like it's taking a lot of restraint to not get like really heated about all these things um which is i guess why i liked this music okay. this was the well, yeah. it's the one for me um <laughs> because like these things matter right these are these are these are the um you know this was my like revolutionary war right my my de- declaration of independence um and you know there's a sense where like you know these right and, and it's interesting to think about this as it relates to kind of punk because in that way the um you know the 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 guys kind of um god, who were god, able to be god save the god save the homecoming queen high school yeah, exactly. is a, high school is a fascist regime well yeah exactly well it's it's that that is i think a logic of selling out right um that there's a logic like that by kind of by going pop right the be becoming a cool kid is a lot like going pop um and and so and there's a sense that like we had agreed that we weren't going to do this right that, that we were kind of different by choice um and i think that there's a realization that it's kind of difference by um by by circumstance and so when the circumstance changes then then even if there had been a a a sense of kind of ideas that were um that were there right ideals and kind of friendship and community um that that was actually once there was an opening uh it was like (laughs) bye-bye right uh and uh and that's the um and it's it's again yeah, so I think that that's a lot of that. It's it's funny. I've never needed to unpack it because I lifted it, right? Uh, or I was it was at least close enough that it was um, it was able to be kind of. It's like, oh yeah, I know what he's talking about, yeah. right? Even without kind of parsing it, um, you're actually right that like rather than being a line that I kind of understood and interpreted, um, the you're just a creep and you don't remember the last five years is like, yep, I know who that's. <laughs> like that guy knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it, and it's just like, it's just like, it kind of just like scans it in as, um, this person has gone through something kind of, um, analogous, if not identical to what I'm, uh, going through. Yeah, but it's uh, the, it's the yeah. story of the world. We've kind of, we've kind of all been through it. And, and I think importantly, we all keep going through it, right? Like the, the, yeah. there's a, there's a sort of cycle, you know, there's a cycle that happens. I think it's, it's very authoritative. I feel like it's more threatening, more psychologically threatening the first couple times you go through it. I actually, so I, uh, I was an eighth grade English teacher. I'm not sure if, if everybody knows that about me, but of while I was supporting my acting habit in my twenties, one of the many, uh, dozens of jobs that I did was, uh, I taught eighth grade English for a semester while, uh, while the permanent teacher was like out on maternity leave or something like that. And so I, I, uh, and I developed such, such sympathy for high school kids. I taught eighth and 10th grade and they, they like teenagers truly, truly, uh, no one is more wretched than the teenager. Um, but, but, uh, in eighth grade, it was an interesting thing, right? Like some of the kids, and you could see it happening, like some of the kids uh, hit puberty and became biologically teenagers, right? And some of the kids were still children, you know? And there was this thing where over the course of the year, you could see friendships break up yeah, and and then for, kind of recoalesce in different configurations yeah. just because like one kid happened to hit a growth spurt before or one kid just happened to get it, right? Like just, just happened to... Uh, go through that transition and the other kid didn't you know and uh and that was like that was wild and to me that's sort of developmentally maybe that's one of the first ones that like entry into uh adolescence and then this these this at least the saves the day album happens at the exit uh out of adolescence and so there's like so i i think that like as a teenager you haven't changed enough you haven't had enough experience of like changing your mind about things to the point where you're okay being different five years later than than you were and wanting to hang out with different 
different people, right? Like, yeah, because yeah, exactly. that, that, like, that so much of that anxiety is sort of defined by what you aren't rather than what you are. And so much of that anxiety feels so, like, earth shattering and so, uh, so permanent, you know? And that, that, like, um, so that the the kind of the natural just evolution of personalities right like can be very psychologically threatening because well if you change what does that mean what does that make me did it all have yeah. no meaning did it all you know and so so that the the other thing um that that like two more two more kind of thoughts before we move on like the other thing though that happens is that at least in the kind of middle class milieu that uh you know i kind of dominates the kind of like the the john hughes verse right that dominates like the way we think about high school and the way we think about the transition from high school to adulthood um is like uh you, you are going away to college and and you're likely if you you know if you're in a, a reasonably even a moderately uh affluent place like you're likely to move and not see the people you're around anymore now now of the day when when you visit home i'll i'll answer this for myself because it's the same answer as it will be for you when you visit home what's the day that the fight always happens the last day yeah. right like because <laughs> yep. it's it's a strategy for managing the separation or for kind of yeah. a, for kind of acting out the sadness around the separation yeah. or or the whatever bullshit angry thing you know people end up kind of co-creating fight about is a uh you know is is defensive against the kind of the loss uh the the anticipated loss of the separation same thing happens in high school right and and the fights are even more bitter because the losses are are they seem more permanent and more, um, you know, more uh, kind of uh, uh, annihilating to the self. Right. And, then, and then finally, like looked at from a certain point of view, all great art is about the end of an era, right? It's mm. about it's about mm. a, a world that once was and was beautiful, but is no more, you know, and that that like uh, and and that, that like uh, I know it's it seems like a trivial example, but given the kind of the immense psychological weight, given that like how how triggering the conversation about like like quiz bowl versus academic decathlon can be <laughs> right. Like how authoritative those things are in our lives. I think it's, a, it, I, there's actually something, I, I mean, I want to like a, uh, I want to like write the, uh, the Apollo, the, uh, Apologia pro emo, right. Pro, <laughs> pro, pro, uh, pro musica emoensis or something like that to like, uh, to sort of say that, like, it makes a lot of sense, uh, that there would be, a really emotionally high level of affect, super cathartic, uh, kind of like raging and wailing music, uh, about this time of life because it's the end of an era. And it's about a, it's about a world, yeah. it's about a world that's lost and will never, will never be recreated in its former glory, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that that, and I mean, I think that, you know, we've talked about that with the context of friendships, but I think that that's a, a useful and important way to understand how emo approaches romantic relationships as well right as uh as this kind of wailing against or about the uh ending of an era and i think just like thinking about this idea about separation and you're kind of talking about this at the level of kind of eras and kind of life stages but i think it's at the level of relationships too uh, the other song uh, on saves the day that i want to hit uh before um transitioning to the getup kids is the second uh track on saves the day uh you vandal right and, and i think it's interesting because this is the one about missing your girlfriend who is away right Right in the Costa Rica, and uh, and I've listened to this how song, you know, dare she? No, no, but it's like crazy. I think what's I mean, what's crazy about this? It's not even there's not a lot of anger there. It's more self pitying. Um, and and I, I want to kind of dive into it. But uh, I've listened to this song so many times. But it was the thing that jumped out at me today and hit me like a ton of bricks as I was listening to it um, for the you know uh, several uh, the nth time this week. Is you know is this very crucial detail, right? So the whole song is being so broken up uh, about uh, missing uh, this girlfriend. Uh, but but do you, do you remember off the top of your head how long she had been gone? <laughs> This is set up in uh, early in the song. Do you, do you remember what he uh, says? Uh, it's got to be like a semester. No, it's last night. I dreamt you called from Costa Rica, the place you've been the last two weeks. Oh, forever. <laughs> two weeks is like forever. 
<laughs> yeah. And, and it's just like, uh, you said, I miss you. Oh, sweet boy. Will you come on down? I woke up to my cold sheets and the smell of New Jersey. When do I get to wake up to you tonight? I can't forget that I've got these open wounds. It's such a drag. I can't forget you've gone. My ribs have parted ways. They said, we're not going to protect this heart you have. Whoa. Hey, what can I do? My lungs are breathing open air. My spleen is dripping from my pants. Whoa. Hey, what can I do? You've left me in the cold and I miss you. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's just the idea of that. And, and again, I've, I've always focused it on the, um, you know, uh, the missing part. Um, right. Uh, and, uh, and it goes on, right. I mean, I just got to read this, the second verse. Keep going. It's no, it's great. They're fantastic. You got it. Right. Even going. though I'm, uh, I, 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 but I hope that I'm okay. Even though I'm dying. Um, I hope that you're still trying to have a killer time. Go see the volcanoes, go see the rainforests. I'll be fine by, by myself. Yeah. I'll be fine without these bones. <laughs> Right. I mean, just the idea. And and again, there's something so real about that, uh, that and it's and it's definitely not an act of nostalgia. Right. This is like I mean, it's it's interesting. Right. I think that this is the like the John John Lewis Gaddis we now know of of like teenagedom, right? That this is like right. So the you know we'd like to talk a lot about um, this you know great historian of the Cold War uh, at Yale um, who kind of wrote you know this kind of um, like immediate post um, Cold War history, right? And, and uh, in in the early two thousand was writing and teaching on this at a time where we were just far enough, as he liked to say, outside of the dog, right? Uh, referencing the Groucho Marx joke to start to under to to um, engage in actual history and um, understand things that we didn't have perspective to see at the time. And this is that as well, right? This is so close to it that it's not an act of nostalgia for this, but there's just like, I think that there is just enough like remove and distance from being in it um, without being super self-aware about it. Right. And it makes it, that's what makes it so real, right. That it's, it's not quite written by the high schooler, um, but it's written just like half step um, removed. Yeah. It's Uh, that well. And, and the, the way it's not the way the incredible to me, this is all, uh, incredibly, incredibly sort of dirty, right? Like New Jersey may as well be New Jizzy for, uh, <laughs> for <laughs> unpack that a little bit. <laughs> well, just the, the idea of like this, this sort of fraught dream about, uh, a fraught dream about a partner, about a girlfriend, right? Like waking up, the sheets are cold. What makes the sheets cold? Right. Like, shouldn't sheets be warm under blankets and things like this? Not if they're damp. Or in New Jersey. (laughs) And the the smell of New Jersey. And I mean, I, you know, maybe it's just me, but there is like, I do hear kind of a subliminal pun. Um in this and like all this and this kind of preoccupation with like open wounds with places that the body kind of gapes you know and that like and something dripping out of my pants even though it's my spleen but like something dripping out of my pants a little bit and then what's the first line of the second verse uh (laughs) you never told me it would be this hard (laughs) i rest my case (laughs) yeah you know it's it's to quote another famous new jersey band uh the album of another famous jersey band uh it's slippery when wet right (laughs) uh with a nod to bon jovi yeah in in Um, this case is in this case it's cold when wet right right exactly um yeah exactly i i think that one other kind of thing you know in thinking about kind of wrapping together uh this and kind of thinking about this this way of kind of being in teenager just slightly removed from it um and and kind of this kind of um the anxiety and pain of kind of the separation it like it makes me think a lot in this whole conversation reminds me of what was just also so good and touching about um ladybird right that was just uh out in this oscar cycle and you know Lady Bird set a little bit after this, right? It's like a cohort or half cohort after ours, right? It's kind of a high school class of 2002 or maybe 2003. Um, but it kind of also chronicles, right? What's I think partly really um, striking about that is it, it absolutely um, 
chronicles those shifting social lines and relationships and romantic relationships over the course of a senior year of high school. Right. Um, and, uh, and again, it's done with a quite a bit more remove. Um, but there's a number of, uh, of different kind of, uh, and a very kind of different level of emotional maturity and perspective, but at least at, at the, at the kind of sociological level, um, there's a, a certain kind of harmony there in, in terms of, um, what it's describing and, and how it's able to kind of evoke a certain kind of, um, realism and, and resonance, uh, in, in that time in life. Okay. We shouldn't, um, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, uh, let too much more time go on before we switch over to, yeah. uh, something, something to write home about. And like, the first thing I'll say is like the, these, these, these get up kids have already got up and left for college because they're writing home. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, that's it's really striking, right? That, yeah. Like, like a, a high school student doesn't understand the concept of writing home, no. right? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. And and both the 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 pun of like uh, a, a significant a significant event is something to write home about. Not it's not exactly a pun, but the kind of the double meaning of like, well, this is something to write home about because the experience is significant, uh, or the event is significant. But it's also like literally something to write home about because I'm not at home, you know, right. Uh, right. you know, anyway, but I'm sorry, I'll let, I'll let, I'll let you guide be our, be Virgil, our spirit guide into the, no, I mean, uh, this is, this is a harder one. I mean, I feel like you didn't I, tell, you I, didn't I, tell me it would be this hard. <laughs> um, I feel like this one is a lot more for me about sounds and kind of, you know, kind of smaller moments um, than even about kind of like the lyrics. And there are certain lines that kind of resonate, um, but they they kind of come out of nowhere as I listen to them. Right. And it's it's definitely a lot. Um, and so it can, it kind of connects and it, but it is interesting because it's something the, my mental images of this album, right? We, like the saves the day album is much, very much mental images of home. Um, and something to write home about is, is absolutely mental images of college, right? Yeah. And even though it was out, um, you know, about a year before, um, I arrived at college, I definitely, it's, it, it, it is like at least part of like the soundtrack of, um, old campus for me, <laughs> the kind of freshman quad, uh, uh, at our, at our school. And it's it has that kind of music. Uh, it has that kind of connection. Um, and it is right that there is something here that is kind of uh, more. And we talked about it kind of uh, as being kind of musically more sophisticated. But there is a sense of this is an invitation to cooler things. Right. It's like if you are through being cool and uh, saves the day of kind of rejecting high school. This is like the promise the the idea that college holds a promise of cool things that you could not even imagine being cool in high school. Right. Um, and it's like if you were like an outcast in uh, at your high school as being the kid who liked punky music or who didn't like Dave. Right. Um, or, 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 um, was on the fence about Dave that like the get up kids is this idea that there's a world of things that you can get into, right? It's the bridge from being kind of, uh, outcast kid to indie to indie man. Right. Uh, and, and it's the, it's like the invitation to indie brodom, (laughs) um, a little bit. Um, and, uh, and I think that's what's, and I think because I, one thing that's kind of important about this, um, album and kind of where it falls in the band's chronology is that um, I'd say it was about a year, maybe two years, um, a year and a half after this came out, right? This was a pretty big kind of hit in the kind of indie college radio um, scenes. Um, and they got, it got them an invitation to, um, uh, for, to be an opener for Weezer, right? To, for the reconstituted Weezer who started touring again um, in around 2000, 2001, um, in the run-up to the release of the Green Album, right? And so the Green Album came out in May of 2001, so kind of the, the May of my freshman year of um, of college. And so that 
at that point, Weezer had been gone since Pinkerton, so about six or seven years, right? Which seemed like an eternity at the time. And now there have been like, you know, double that, more than double that or almost triple that in kind of bad Weezer incarnations, right, that we've kind of talked about. Uh, and, and, you know, we, Weezer oscillates. Um, but the, there was at this time, Weezer had, had um, achieved mythical status and were kind of these, you know, emo godfathers, but were also kind of connections to um a broader world of kind of this they were these these bridges and spirit guides uh, to kind of connectors between kind of alternative rock of the early 90s and kind of what was going on in the indie world and what was like kind of going on earlier in terms of kind of no new wave or um 70s rock right and it's just a sense of kind of sophistication um and coolness and so i think the get up kids kind of opening for that was very appropriate and it's what everyone kind of thought kind of Weezer would be like when it returned, right? That it, it was kind of, you know, the return, the second coming of emo Jesus. Um, and uh, and it wouldn't it wouldn't be that. But I, I think there's a great moment of kind of anticipation um, there. And it's it's and it's there in how this album, I think, combines. Right. That, and I, I don't have it like totally mapped out, but there's a kind of three types of song on this album. Right. There's kind of the up tempo kind of um, numbers that, that are pretty that have like. Um, a pretty strong kind of synth backbone, right? So songs like Holiday, Action in Action, um, 10 Minutes. Then there's kind of these... Um kind of mid-tempo songs like um like valentine uh i'm a loner dotty a rebel um company dime and great, there's like great the, title by the way like fantastic right? title you know well and again because right, right in the, cause right in the pocket for me to appreciate it you know well, and, and 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 that's also like right that it was like you these are things to look look up right <laughs> these are things to look up on Google because that is almost about a thing to exist and then to write home about right like dear ma I learned about uh, well here's what I learned about at college I learned about so many pieces of independent culture <laughs> um, uh, right I, I imagine well, yes, I'm doing 40s but I'm almost <laughs> imagining more that it should be more like a kind of Ken Burns kind of Civil War era yeah. Dear, yeah, dear mother and father, I have learned many things here at this institution of higher learning. Well, Ryan, so I, I, I have another question for you. Yeah. Is it so much to ask for a shred of originality in music, uh, a frustrated brah from the singer or an unexpected car alarm? Uh, those would at least trigger a central nervous system response in the listener. The Get Up Kids write from assumption, not passion. Each song is about missing, wanting, or needing a girl who is typically quote a world away i'd like to get into the impossibilities and improbabilities of two people actually being a world away but i'll let the obviously empty cliche fight for itself i'd rather focus on meaningless lyrics masquerading as poetic insight that is from pitchfork's 2.0 review uh, <laughs> of, of uh something to write home about um amazing do, do you care to comment oh man yeah i yeah my rebuttal is uh see please see the saves the day album right like, <laughs> yeah. hey, pitchfork next time that you're choking I'll, <laughs> let me know i'll run it runs and shove some da- dirt down your website throat um <laughs> That is, yeah, that that is interesting, right? As much as with the benefit of hindsight, we want to kind of say that emo was a subset of indie, right? Like that kind of reveals that they really weren't, right? That there was a, like those differences as, uh, uh, the the differences may have been small, but there was quite a lot of narcissism about those differences, right? Um, And uh, and this was a, a thing. And this is so funny though, because Pitchfork has championed the emo revival, right? That has happened, um, this kind of fourth wave of emo um, that's been happening for the last couple of years um and uh there's a number of kind of younger bands uh, you know, uh musicians that who are in their 20s that are kind of going back and listening to you know this era and even like maybe one notch earlier um and and are kind of inspired by it and pitchfork is championing these bands right so there's a little bit of emo revisionist history <laughs> that's uh that's going on um but that 
Pitchfork decided right at the time that like indie was not emo, right? And uh, and and I feel like the place where the firewall gets drawn, and we'll definitely do Death Cab at some point. But it's like, I mean, how like can what 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 reasonable line can be drawn between Death Cab and the Get Up Kids? Yeah. <laughs> that is that is based on kind of content uh, of either lyrics or music. I sure. mean, can you do it? Like, yeah, I mean, sure. I I was even thinking I would the joke I was going to make about um uh, about being on vacation in South America for two weeks is uh, it's like uh, Trans Americanism. But, yeah, uh, right. of course, that's not the, that's not the, uh, you know, that's not the right album. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, Death Cab is, in, is interesting. I, here's, here's another way of approaching the same question. Who is an alternative singer, uh, from before that you imagine that these guys listened to when they were in high school, who you can imagine singing these songs? For, uh, by the way, for Saves the Day, for me, it's clearly Billy Joe Armstrong, right? Like, yeah. that, you 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 could imagine any one of those songs being covered by Green Day and fitting naturally in, you know, with slightly different instrumentation or production or whatever, but and and you know vocal delivery, but fitting right in on a on a Green Day album. And like Death Cab is a not is not a bad one for uh for um something to write home about. But you, I almost want something from the early nineties, right? Like I almost want like uh uh it's not Counting Crows, it's not um. You know, I don't know. Is it Kurt Cobain, maybe, or something like that, where you can There's like a little bit of that, yeah. yeah. But I mean, maybe the maybe it's not a great heuristic, and maybe the the it doesn't line up uh, line up perfectly. But I I do I do take your point about the narcissism of small differences. I mean, it is interesting just thinking about the kind of distance that the trans America. Um, is it actually kind of connects, right? That they even the get up kids even have their kind of proto transatlanticism on out of reach, right? Because the third kind of song on this album um, is the ballad, right? And, and I think that's what also kind of connects it. I mean, we kind of think, keep thinking about what it connects to, but like, especially like out of reach being in three, four, right? Connects it to all of the other waltzes of the late 90s, right? Uh-huh. I mean, you know, even a little bit to Elliot Smith. Um, sure. Um, right. Yeah, the and, India the the indie waltz was definitely a thing, like from right? the from the throughout the nineties. Right, and so they do indie waltz, right? Um, and so again, it's like, why are some indie waltzes okay, but emo waltzes are not, right? Um, and right, this is the another kind of song about distance, right? And so it is amazing how many kind of overlapping, thematically overlapping songs there are, right? So on Out of Reach, this is the one that goes, long way from home, lost by an echo, I'd never have known, I, but I've got pictures to prove I was there, but you don't care. Here's me overseas, cross the pond by the Dover Peaks. I've smuggled myself into new nationalities. You think you'd be proud of me. There is room to believe out of sight, out of mind, out of reach, start over um, is no way to begin. I mean, right, this is like, this might as well be called semester abroad blues, right? Um, <laughs> um, and that is like, right, that, that's the difference is that this is um, – and and I mean, this is like an interesting idea, right? This is very much like the song of a sound of semester abroad. And it kind of gives another meaning to like something to write home about because it's like there are, are um, like double layers of home, right? There's and especially at that time of as you get deeper into college, there's still kind of home home, like the place where you grew up, where your parents live. But then there's college home. Right. Um, and uh, and and so and then once you go away from both, then you're kind of doubly lost. Right. And so the idea of right being overseas, right, is kind of, you know, I mean, um, it creates this idea of being at sea a little bit. Um, and I just I, I really like the line. Uh, I've always loved the line. I've smuggled myself into new nationalities. Um, and because I think that that's also about again i think there's like layers about both being disconnected from people um at um college and being disconnected from people at home because i i feel like becoming parts of the communities and friendships and kind of sub tribes that you become part of in college is itself a kind of a smuggling into a new nationality right and and becoming a part of a a new group um and then you kind of go away and you leave that right so this is like this is like you know the 
it, it doesn't get easier or it gets worse before it gets better. I think as you start, uh, as, as you start getting older and, and again, it, but, but, yeah, and, yeah. and, and it, in a way it never changes, right? Like in, in the, the get up kids Wikipedia article, I, I sort of scanned it again. Cause I was, I was looking, they usually have like a musical influences section and I was going to try to answer my own question, but, uh, I, I couldn't do it adequately, but, um, there, uh, they have a, uh, a quotation from the, the band's guitarist, Jim Suptic, uh, who, uh, talked about playing festivals after the band reformed in the like early 2010s or like right around 20, 2009 or something like that. Uh, and he said, the punk scene we came out of and the punk scene now are completely different. It's like glam rock. Now, uh, we played the, <laughs> we played the bamboozle fest this year. We felt really out of place. If this is the world we helped create, I apologize. You know, <laughs> and you know what? That it's what, what they're saying is that you don't remember that the last five years ever happened, right? <laughs> you know, and this is this is presumably a much older. This is presumably a much older, uh, much older guy, and I just like. Um, I saw yeah. I saw uh Jawbreakers reunion last week. Yeah. And I saw I'm a <laughs> it was they they opened with Boxcar I think to get it out of the way, you know. And and then but like I was actually standing in the middle of the floor and a fucking pit erupted around me. <laughs> like but it was like it was kind of sad-looking dumpy late 40s uh white guys who were, you know, and like, by the way, like if anyone went down, uh, the whole thing stopped. Everyone like reached down and picked up the, you know, picked up the, the, the hero who went down on the, on the ground. And there was this, there was this sense in which like all these people who were standing there were so thirsty, were like just dying from thirst for that real punk aggression that right. they feel like is not, you know, is not coming through uh, in, you know, whatever their musical diets are, uh, whatever their musical diets are today. So it was it was a hell of a thing. And I think it's kind of it's related to this thing because like it's the 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 um, I don't know, that sense of separation and that kind of anxiety over identity uh, may get a little muted, may get a little more yeah. subtle and a little more manageable, but it doesn't stop. You know, yeah. and that's like, well, uh, yeah, that's every, why everyone's, can, yeah. everyone's a jerk and can't remember the last five years. Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, because if we could, we die, frankly. Right. <laughs> like if, you know, if our memories were that good, it would become impossible to, to carry on the business of living. Yeah, that's a really good point. Right, that that, that kind of amnesia. Well, and, and there there are kind of two parts have the same coin. If you remembered everything and kind of felt everything and moshed all the time, right, you'd be a perpetual teenager. <laughs> Right. But and so it would be weird if you were the 40 year old guy, 50 year old guy going out and moshing to what the kids today are moshing to or doing whatever they're doing, whatever the kind of frenetic, you know, music of releases like you, you have yours. Right. And, and, and so that like as much as there is amnesia and a forgetting of the last five years. Right. I think that the, the corollary of that is that like um is that when you go and you go to the Jawbreaker reunion? Uh, by the way, as an aside, there's a band, a current a current band called Jawbreaker Reunion. <laughs> it started before there was an actual Jawbreaker reunion, oh, and it's this I love it. Yeah, it's really good. Um, kudos to them. Uh, um, and uh, or 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 if it's you know the um, you know Get Up Kids reunion or uh, Saves the Day playing through, um, right? I mean, right? All these kind of album playthroughs. I mean, um, of like playing through being cool, start to finish. Right at the time, no one they didn't play through being cool, start to finish. Right? right. That was, and so it's a created memory that then um, still though allowed allows you to kind of dance in the way that you wish you had been able to dance at the time. Right. But like, you know, realistically you may have missed it the first time around or, or we're self-conscious or we're trying to make out with someone or we're waking up cold in New Jersey um, or, uh, or we're, or you were overseas on your semester abroad, right. Smuggling yourself into new nationalities. Um, and yet, so that there is both a kind of selective forgetting and a selective memory that, um, that happens 
happens, right? And and so that's both you know gets activated when you hear these albums, um, and and kind of rehear them, um, and when you experience these bands, right? And and, and both kind of and it must be interesting, right? We're on kind of different sides of this because this was these were things where I was there, um, you know, and I, uh, I I'm just a jerk and I can't remember the last five years. Um, I mean, it's kind of crazy, right? Because we've been doing this podcast. Oh right? my god. <laughs> by that about that long right that like uh and it is funny though because it's like you know i can't remember like there, there are albums that we've discussed uh that we can't remember um like i uh, i uh, like do you remember i think like we discussed an album uh by by the, a band called bleached i think uh Wait, I, bl- what yeah, yeah, you're just a jerk and you can't remember the no, last. Well, I, so here's here's an experience that I had. I turned on uh, someone to our podcast to uh, after we did priests. After priest was nothing feels natural, right? And that is that them or was that another right. uh, right. politically inflected punk group? Um, you got yeah. And uh, <laughs> and you know, four weeks later, uh, after we had done the done the thing, uh, this guy who I worked with came came up and was like, "Hey, I listened to that uh, to your episode and and to that priest album. That's really cool." And I was like, "What priests? Who? What? Who is? Who is that?" So even the 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 amnesia is even even shorter term even shorter yes, term yeah. than that. I wonder if we're like fire hosing too much music really i mean we'll continue to do it because that's that's how we sacrifice ourselves for our bros you know what i mean like though our spleen hang down from our pants uh we uh we are are willing to do this for our bros and broettes um, the, uh, just as a as a just to really kind of hit this, uh, we discussed uh, bl- the band Bleached uh, on TFT podcast episode eighty eight oh, indie Jesus. rock indie rock in the city of angels. It was a a trio of LA uh, related albums um, that were uh, listener requests. Right, we did a run of uh, in our oh. within our like. 10, 15 albums, uh, a run of listener requested albums. So we discussed it in one episode, uh, the, the most, uh, re- still most recent Arctic monkeys album bleached and kitten. Uh, and, kitten. Uh, I remember kitten. I kind of, I kind of wanted to go, go, uh, check out kitten. And I never did. Yeah, well, you well, I guess I guess we're both just jerks, and we don't remember the last five years, and yet we and yet we feel everything. <laughs> uh, just and, just just for reference, as we close, uh, same reviewer, uh, one year later, Death Cab for Cutie. We have the facts, and we're voting yes, seven point five. <laughs> well, we have the facts, and we're voting fuck you, Pitchfork. Uh, and, and that's I, I, I vote with my fuck yous. Uh, and uh, and and I've I, you know as much as I I got uh, turned on to Pitchfork um, a few years later, um, you know this is no one can take this away from me. Uh, and uh, you know uh, and and so and that said, I I both can kind of have both of these things, especially with the saves the day. I feel both more strongly about it both in terms of the things that it awakens and in the like you know you know i'm glad i grew up i mean no right? no no pitchfork review of saves the day though it's uh it's too indie for them exactly and so that is that is interesting and telling they always did have kind of a blind spot for that corner of uh of the world um so we'll see where we go there's a there's a chance that we'll keep being on uh throughout 1999 or we will just get sucked into the emo black hole because there are a lot um this was like the time where i really this was the first kind of indie music i was into right as much as pitchfork will tell you that it's not indie music this was an um these records were an entrance into a scene, right? And into a set of labels and bands who toured together um, and, and bands that were influenced by each other. And there is a long kind of a j- adjacent set of kind of things that were operating at this time that we could dig into. And we might do some of it, but there's a lot that uh, of other things that are happening um, in 1999 in pop, in indie, uh, in, in, the, in the incipient indie pop. Uh, so we will keep exploring all of it, collecting it together uh, and remembering and feeling it all. Uh, and so when we get back here, we, as always, will be keeping it real.